0: and 10 your source for
1: bullshit-free NHL news analysis and insights now here are your hosts Kevin
0: Naughton and Ben Stewart ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 125 a two five and ten Benny I can't believe we made it to a buck and a quarter I, I feel like we've been doing this for a while yeah
1: 125 hits you because we've been doing it since I was in San Francisco um when we would record 11 p.m. your time. is <laughs> it, it a time difference. Um, and and that was, what, 2019 at least. So to be at 125, I know we had that break because of COVID, but I figured we'd be approaching like 200 by now.
0: It feels that way. It's a grind, my friend. You know, <laughs> I'm just, just retrieving pucks and getting them out and taking the hit to make a play. That's all. Yeah.
1: It's just difficult to uh, talk hockey with someone like you for an hour every week. You know, it's kind of makes it seem like it drags on
0: <laughs> is it the accent i it's because i can't just pick one thing it's always there's two and i, I know that that kills you because you know you, you're a man of instant decisions and gratification and <laughs> yes I just like this,
1: yeah in, in one sentence what do you think and you're like well let's see my thesis states that <laughs> yeah
0: you're like one team who do you pick i have one for each conference i can't just pick one team i
1: like, mean it's on. not really it's not the accent it's the fact that i can't be next to you and hold your hand as we record every week
0: you can hold something else pal. <laughs> you always bring
1: it there <laughs> um, there's no doctor around to impress so you can relax <laughs> um i think it just moved <laughs> uh but yeah so this week uh i kind of like the flow we had last week you know uh getting into the rhythm of the season kind of like the bruins finally getting a consistent schedule going here so uh just kind of free free balling it uh with our episodes, I think we will kick it off with the NHL All Star game. They announced the starting well yeah, the starting rosters tonight at six PM the night we're recording. Uh the captains for the four teams, uh wait where is it? Conor McDavid, um Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, and it's Ovechkin for the Metropolitan, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, so those are the captains. The coaches Andrew Burnett will coach the Atlantic Division, Jared Bernard will coach Central, uh, Rob Brindamore will coach the Metro, and Pete DeBoer will coach the Pacific. Uh, the rosters are Pacific Division, Leon Dreiseidel, Jordan Eberle, Eberle John, uh, Johnny Goudreau, Adrian Kempe, Connor McDavid, Tima Meyer, Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, Thatcher Demko, and John Gibson. Uh, Metropolitan. Sebastian Ajo, Claude Giroux, Jack Hughes, Chris Kreider, Ovechkin, Adam Fox, Adam Pellick, Zach Berensky, Frederick Anderson, and Trishan Jari. Central division is Kyle O'Connor, Alex Zabrinkit, Kirill Kafrizov, Clayton Keller, Jordan Kairou, Nathan McKinnon, Joe Pavelski, Kyle McCarr, UC Saros, and Cam Talbot, former Ranger. And the Atlantic division, Drake uh, Bathurston, Patrice Bergeron, Johnny Huberdeau, uh Dylan Larkin, Austin Matthews, Nick Suzuki, Rasmus Dalin, Victor Hedman, and Jack Campbell. I know you have your thoughts about Bertrand going for your division, uh, so we can get into that, but uh if you have any snubs or any choices that you think from even from their own team could have been better selected.
0: Uh I just think it's a little bit of a fuck show. like you look at the Metropolitan, they have three D going. Yeah. You you look at the Atlantic, there's two you go to the Pacific, there's one D-man in Petrangelo. I mean, you the Atlantic only has one goalie. Yeah, and, and the Central <laughs> only has one D as well in Makar. And it's just kind of like, I listen, I understand you need a person from every team, but it would be nice to have some sort of set roster, you know. And I feel like going forward, the NHL has to do a better job of Players that are getting elected, and because I feel like when it comes to certain teams, guys get snubbed. Like, for example, your team. Do you think Kreider should be there over Panarin? I mean, Fox deserves to be there. Fox, we're not negotiating yeah. Fox, but uh, to be honest, front, I
1: think Igor deserves to be there over any other skater besides. I, him.
0: I agree. I think Igor should be there before Jerry. Yeah, that that's just my personal opinion, and then it's like. I, don't get me wrong, I, I love Patrice Bergeron. I think he's the best human in the world, but he is like Brad Marchand's the best player on our team. Yeah, like, non-negotiable. Like I don't, I don't know why Brad Marchand's not there. He's ninth in the league in points. Like it just, I, I don't know how it gets there. Like if this was back in the day, like do you remember the old school All Star game where you'd have to go through and punch your thing and put it in the ballot at the arena? Like hey, if a fan voted it in, sure. But if you're trying to tell me the NHL went through and picked it that way, like then Gary Bettman and fucking Bill Daly shouldn't have jobs. Like it just, it, it smells funny.
1: Listen, Gary Bettman has presided over such strong expansions, such as the Atlanta Thrashers and Phoenix Coyotes. So I think he deserves a job for life. Um,
0: The issue. I mean, like I'm just saying too. Nate McKinnon over Nazem Kadri this year is bullshit
1: it's the name it's, value you know what i mean it's
0: i understand the name value but don't tell me it's a fucking all-star game if it's not the guy like yeah it, i just that that's just my only issue like you want to pull guys from each team but it's like kadri is having a fucking year that's out of his mind i think it would be his first all-star game like don't you think that would mean something to the guy well you know nate mckinnon is a top 3 player in the league great i agree but this year it should go to kadri if you're only pulling certain people from teams
1: and one, uh, and I don't
0: like Nazem Kadri. I'm just yeah, saying,
1: Nazem, like, we'll get into him in a second, uh, with the last man vote that's ha- occurring, but going, a uh, couple of things I want to address the first one with the Rangers. I think Igor should have been there over Anderson or Jari. Um, but if he can't go and you're looking at Crowder, I don't have a problem with Crowder going because I think he's third in the league in goals, uh, Still, he's cooled off a little bit since his hot start, but I see why he's going. Um, Panarin has a case to be the second Ranger selected. Uh, He's not even in a last-man vote, by the way. Uh, Mika is, Uh, which, again, it's Mika. I love the guy. He's a god. I had no problem with that. Um, So the Rangers had a few options to go with. Looking over all the rosters in general, the thing that stands out to me is when they when there's a selection that's to me they're like, oh, why didn't they go with that guy even from their own team? Like going back to the McKinnon and Kadri scenario, do you think it has anything to do with the TV deal and they want to get the most marketable guys there for ESPN, ABC, TNT? Like you can market McKinnon. he's more of a household name. You can get people to come in and watch the three on three tourney if you have no idea what's going on with hockey just because of the name versus come watch Nazem Kadri and who the
0: yeah. fuck's Nazem Kadri but don't you think for a minority that that would be a great person to have there i agree like i mean we're trying to grow the fucking game that that's the biggest thing we're trying to grow the game i
1: i also think i know it's a 3 on 3 tournament like it's just kind of for shits and giggles the game now which again i have no problem with i think all all star games a kind of boring and overrated. Uh, The Pro Bowl is the worst. Um, But I feel like they should still have more people selected, right? Like you can select, let's say, add five more guys to each team where you're selected as an all-star. But then from that pool, the coach selects the lineup that he's going to play with. So you're still an all-star. You can still use that in arbitration hearings you can use it in on free agency you can say you're an all-star but if ben Dar looks at us on goes, you know what mate i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with uh cadre here you're still an all-star but come to the festivities you're just not going to be lacing them up today i think that would be better than summon some of these guys and the fact that troy terry didn't get selected well, or zegras or is he, like now you that's the other thing Capitalizing on whether you liked the play or not, if you thought it was backyard horse shit, or you thought it was exciting for the game. The Ziegress goal, well, pass for the goal got the NHL a hit. I think it had a million views on YouTube in three days. It was on ESPN, it was on all the it was news networks, on Twitter everywhere, and couldn't you market that play and show it over and over and over again and have him in a three-on-three tournament? Nope, not selected. Not yeah, up to and, last vote.
0: And this is the, the other part of it too, right? So you bring up a great example in marketing the younger guys. Like, hey, if you want to say he's not an all-star, all right. But there's no reason why ESPN being the head market leader for this massive TV deal isn't doing. Remember when they used to have the rookie game? Yeah. Where, like, why do we not have that? You, you want to talk about marketing of the game, younger kids, having, like, for the skills competition, Trevor egress better fucking be there to do something wild and crazy. So it's on SportsCenter. Are they
1: allowing that still where I, if I, you're not selected, you can still do the skills comp?
0: No, I, I don't think so, and I think that's the other problem, too. Like, for example, say if the, the New York Islanders this year put in Pellick there, okay, but say if you could do, all right, well, we're still going to use a guy from the New York Islanders, but we're only going to use him in the sense of, hardest shot, we're bringing Zidane Chara. Yeah. Is that okay, or is that not okay? Like... But what's going to market it the most? What's going to get the most views? Like The NBA All-Star weekend, the biggest thing is the fucking dunk contest. No one cares about the All-Star game. So now it's like we need to get to a point of something like that because the All-Star game in the NHL has lost its luster. We've gone from East versus West. We've gone to North America versus the world. We've gone to a three-on-three. Like We need something to keep it fresh here.
1: I don't mind a three on a three. I hated the US, well, North America versus the world setup. Um, like I said, the game itself, I think, is secondary. Like, it's probably mostly for young fans just to see all these guys together and the, all the goal scoring, which is fine. Whatever helps grow the sport. But I hated the trick shot that they added in a skills competition. Like, you can try, you tell they're trying too hard. And I just think they need to focus on the marketing of it. This is one of the few opportunities, especially in a skills competition that a large audience or potential audience will be exposed to these guys without their helmets on. That's one of the issues that you have where it's hard to market these guys. A lot of people probably don't even know what Sidney Crosby looks like, even though they know who he is, like casual fan or people on the street. So, that's an area that NHL can expand on with the all-star game. The other thing I wanted to talk about with the all-star. Well, can, can
0: I say one thing though? Cause you brought up a great name. Yeah. Sidney Crosby, not on the roster.
1: Yeah. It's not like he's having an MVP type year or anything,
0: <laughs> but, but it's just like, we have certain people who are there for name and luster. Yeah. But we don't have the guy who carried this fucking thing from the two thousands to now. Not there. What about a coach's selection? Like, each coach gets one selection
1: that they can bring with them.
0: I mean, just looking at it, too, for this last man in, the Bruins, their choice is Charlie McAvoy. Brad Marchand isn't even an option. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, I love Charlie McAvoy, but, I mean, like, this shit's crazy. And... And why is Austin Matthews captain over Patrice Bergeron?
1: Because it's Toronto, man.
0: (laughs) It's like, this fucking All-Star, like...
1: Then they wonder why I drink. I, well, I mean, Matthews, if going back to the marketing, like, you know, I love Bergeron, but they're going to market the fuck out of Austin Matthews, you oh, know, fucking I mean?
0: Ron Burgundy. Great. I watched the movie.
1: <laughs> Younger American,
0: uh, things like that. So if they don't have these guys mic'd up in live streaming on ESPN plus where they can drop F bombs and everything else. Oh, I they're... would watch that over anything else. Dude, they're dropping the ball completely. They and that's have, the
1: problem here. See, that's the thing. They should have like do you know the Manning cast? Yes. Mm-hmm. They should have an alternate broadcast with no announcers on ESPN Plus that you can watch live that's just sounds of the game. You can hear the referees or instead of the camera being the same camera feed, it's a helmet cam from running alignment or a referee that and a mic on them.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like, I would watch the shit out of that. And I think that would be a really cool experience and a unique thing to be able to do across any sport is the NHL being able to do that. Um, the other thing I did want to say is I hate, though, every team has to be represented role. If your team sucks, that's on you. If you want to complain about, we're not able to market. We don't have an all-star. Well, then get a better team. Like, I hate that shit. It's like baseball does that, too, and I don't I don't get it. Like, but well, we want every team, every fan base to be able to root for somebody. If their team is has only someone there because they're the best of the worst, I wouldn't care if I was a fan of that team. So I hate that everybody has to be represented role, although I did like the Adrian kemp base selection.
0: I, I like that selection as well. I think he's having a great year. Yeah. But, like, on the other end of it, right, you bring up the baseball part. This year it counts because whoever wins the all-star game gets home oh, field oh, advantage. Jesus. But, but, but the best pitcher in the fucking league pitches one inning and he's on the bench. Yeah, so it doesn't really fucking count.
1: The starters are gone after two, uh, two or
0: three innings. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I don't know. It just drives me fucking crazy. Like do away with the fucking things. Like I don't care, but don't try to make it seem like it's something it's not. Th- that's yeah. just the thing that pisses me off. Um, we're,
1: We've been talking about it the last Uh, Men in uh, Ballot Which is going on now You can vote for Last man in for each divisional um, All-star team So I'll just run through The possible selections for each division For the Atlantic division It's Charlie McAvoy Tage Thompson Lucas Raymond uh, Alexander Barkoff Tyler Traffoli Brady Kachuk Steven Samkos And John Tavares one, the fact that you're—no offense—great, solid career, especially from where he came from. You're scraping the bottom of a barrel to have Tyler Toffoli as one of the options. Like no,
0: Montreal, offense. Montreal is a dark place this year, pal.
1: Yeah, but again, every team has to be represented. Is bullshit. Um, out of
0: all those guys, who would you pick? If you're looking at it, and this is the other part, right? Do you want to go off of the best or who's having a good year? Because, I mean, Lucas Raymond's having a great year. But if you're going off luster, I mean, McAvoy, Barkov, and Stamkos are the guys you got to look at.
1: Yeah, I would think Stamkos just because back-to-back cup change, like things like that, Um, in terms of marketing. um, And also, he's having a good year. If I had to choose one right now, I would say it's, it's down to uh, Barkoff or Sam Close for May.
0: And that's fine. The, the, those are guys who are willing, able, and should deserve it. You know who's going to get it, though? It's going to be let me. again. It.
1: Oh, it'll be Tavares. and going just stuff the ballot box.
0: should be fucking Brady Kachuk, but. It's uh, yeah, your your man's thoughts on a good really bother me. Uh, <laughs> Listen, uh, when when your dad gets a nickname like Big Walt, dude, it's it's good. <laughs> uh, the Metropolitan Division: Andre Svechnikov,
1: Jacob Voracek, who only has one goal in a year. Yes, yes, we Matthew Barzell, Mika Sabanijad, Cam Atkinson, Jake Gensel, and Evgeny
0: Kuznetsov. If Please. I'm picking, I'm going Gensel. He's having a great year. I'm going Mika. looks <laughs> <is> weird.
1: Um, <laughs> Central Division, Phil O'thrill, Seth Jones, Nazem Kadri, Jason Robertson, Ryan Hartman, Roman Yosi. who I can't believe wasn't selected, Robert Thomas, or Mark Scheifele.
0: Well, yeah, Yossi wasn't selected because they needed a player and they needed the goalie. So no. um, if I'm going, I'm going Kadri.
1: Yeah, I... Uh... It'd be hard to pick anybody else, you know what I mean? But I would just want Phil it's there. Con- I want yeah. Phil Kessel there, and I want this him in the skills competition of hot dog eating contest.
0: Bring in uh, the guy who kills it every 4th of July. Jo- Joey Chestnut. Joey yeah. Chestnut versus Phil Kessel. I'd love to see it. They
1: did ask Kessel about being traded. Did you see this yesterday or the day before?
0: Uh... No, I didn't know that they asked him. I know he's a big name of the, on the trade market, but I yeah, didn't like, know Yeah, like a they reporter
1: asked. asked him, like, how do you feel about potentially being traded? And he's like, well, I hope I have a say in where I go. You know, at this point in my career, I'm really interested in uh, only going to a place that has the best street hot dogs.
0: What, oh, so he's going to New York? And I was just like, that's New York right there, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing better than a little street meet in New York. <laughs> uh, Pacific Division, Troy
1: Terry. Matthew Kachuk, Darnell Nurse, Drew Dowdy, Logan Couture, Mark, G- Mark Giordano, JT Miller, and Jonathan Marshall I'm voting Terry. I think he's having a great year. I thought you were going to go Kachuk again on huh, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Troy Terry has to be him. And again, the fact, I hate the one man in because Zegra should also be an option here. But... but yeah, we'll see. So you can vote NHL.com. Uh, I think they're going to be announcing this, who are the winners of all this, on January 18th. So it's only a few days that you get a chance to vote. So if you're interested, go to uh place your vote. Obviously, only vote for the right guys, like Mika, uh, and we'll see what the final announcements are. And I think if they let me and you run the All-Star Games just for one year,
0: it would be so much better. I agree. I'm uh, um, sign me up for next year. Where, where actually, where is it next year? Before I say yes, uh, hopefully it's
1: not in Canada because everybody's gonna still be fucking. M- maybe
0: Florida. Latter-day. Maybe it'll be Fort
1: Lauderdale. We'll do that. Oh, yeah, because don't I think it might be Montreal because it got canceled last uh. year, the first year of the pandemic. Hold on, two thousand
0: twenty-three NHL. If they're back to fucking normal, I wouldn't mind doing Montreal, but it's never gonna be back to normal up there. Yeah. Um, I mean, this year Vegas—that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's Florida next year.
0: let you want to do it? Let's do it next year. We'll we'll do a live one down there.
1: January in Florida—that sounds a lot of fun.
0: Dude, I'd be fucking in one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like you'd be golfing more than actually caring about the All Star Game. <laughs> <laughs> so so would the players. Um, but yeah. So, like I said, get your votes in for the last man in. Uh, vote. All-star game. I I do like the three-on-three. But yeah, some of the things just need to be altered a little bit just like everything else with the league. Peanuts. Peanuts, yeah. Um, The other thing that was announced today was Team USA's roster for the Beijing Olympics. Um, That's obviously only going to happen if they decide not to invade Taiwan. Um, What do you think about the roster? And Not too many household names there. I know Sanderson's Uh, One of the guys going, um, but what's your thoughts on a roster? And do you think he'd be able to compete against a team Canada in a medal game?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, right? I mean, like you said, there's not too many household names here. Uh, Jake Sanderson, though, I I think this kid is probably going to sign with Ottawa right after the Olympics. The, The kid has been out of his mind logging, whole bunch of minutes in North Dakota in those two games in the World Junior. He was on the ice for 25 minutes. So, yep. K- kid's a player. Uh, another young guy, Matty Berniers. Uh, he's going. So, interested to see what happens there. When you look at the roster as a whole, I mean, guys who have played in the NHL, David Worsowski, Stephen uh, Nick Shore. Uh, another young guy, too. I'm sorry that I sk- skipped over for another prospect, Brendan Brisson. So the agent, Pat Brisson's son, he's a Vegas draft pick. So interested to see if he signs after that as well. Uh, another ex nhl Andy Mielli, Ken Augustino. I know a lot of these guys are Europe now, so, so I don't know too much or as to how they're holding up. But, I mean, y- you hope they can compete, right? I mean, y- you know Russia's going to send a squad over there with a lot of their guys still playing in the KHL. Um, Team Canada, a lot of their guys that are going to be from over there as well. So I, I don't know what to expect. To be completely honest, I know I'm still going to watch. Like I'm watching the hockey.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not never going to turn down the opportunity. Um, even though the NHL is not going to be on break uh, to watch Team USA compete in the Olympics, um, I still. I'm still waiting for a surprise announcement that uh, says is letting Ovi go play for Team Russia.
0: (laughs) Well, it was actually funny you say that. So IIHF came out today and said that uh, the NHL players cannot come over and play now.
1: Uh, So they're being a little assholes about it. So
0: so they finally pushed them out. At first, it was kind of, uh, you know, it was open. They didn't really say it was kind of NHL, NHLPA thing. But now IHF Jeff, came out today and said that uh, NHL players cannot play in the Olympics.
1: I don't want to hear about any type of integrity from any of these Olympic organizations for even just allowing China to host the Olympics at all. Um, I know that's not hockey-related, but the fact that they do this shit and then they go and be all principled about uh, and punishing the NHL for caring about their players, like, go fuck yourself.
0: I, I just hate the IHF and the shit that they do. They like, around, like I'm still man. so fucking mad about the World Juniors.
1: Yeah, they always fuck around. And also, um, most of that I feel like was the blowback because of that one complaint. Like, they're not canceling the boys games, but only the females. Like, that's not why, you fucking idiots. Um, well,
0: it, it's crazy, too, that, like, you know, we, we discussed as to how crazy and contagious Omni... Omni is it Omnicore or Omnicron? Omicron. Omicron, okay. So we discussed as to how contagious Omicron is and only four players in the tournament tested positive.
1: And so, many of them had symptoms, right?
0: I believe one had symptoms, so one out of three had symptoms. Yeah, deadly. Shut everything down. Yeah, so needless to say, I'm just, you know, don't mind me.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, I... I hope these Olympics get terrible ratings except for hockey. That's all I'll say. Um, I know we wanted to hop into a weekend review for the Bruins and Rangers. The one last thing I wanted to mention is uh, the announcement today. Minnesota Wild, Eric Stahl is on a PTO. Down Um, in Iowa, yeah. Yeah, so he's making his uh, debut for Iowa, I think, tonight or tomorrow night. So he should be back up at the Wild pretty soon, just like Tuca making his return to the Bruins. So, you know, just when you thought the league's down, two out of three stalls are only going to be around, we're back to all three.
0: <laughs> so, Tuca is back with the Bruins. He's actually starting tonight. Uh, it's currently end of the second. It is three to 3-2 Bruins. David Pasternak with the hat trick. So, I guess we'll start there. In the last 10, the boys are hot. But my boys are on a heater right now. They are 7-3-0 and in 10. We're on a four-game winning streak, five-game winning streak.
1: Can I ask something? Sure. Are they buzzing?
0: We're we're not buzzing. We're hot. We're <laughs> hot right now. Um so we have split up that top line. So we now have Marshawn Bergeron and Craig Smith. And it is Taylor Hall. We have Eric Halla and David Pasternak. And Pasternak and Hall over the last three games have now come alive. And it's looking good right now. And this is where they always bring me in. They wrap me in and then they shove it up. My like, I'm not falling for it. I I think the boys are playing hot since the new year. Good for them. Um, This is one of the things. Do you like us bringing back Tuca? I don't
1: understand. I don't think that was your biggest need. And I know he only signed for what a one, prorated $1 million contract, so it's not necessarily chewing up a lot of cap space for you guys. I just, what's the plan here? You give Omark that five year deal, which was probably a, a classic free agency overpayment. But then you have Swayman, who he's, that doesn't look like a franchise goaltender or a clear cut number one, but I didn't have any problem with the Swayman-Ulmar combo, especially now that consistent games have been being played and they seem to be starting to turn the corner a little bit. So bringing a Tuka and then you send Swayman to Providence, what does that say for Swayman in terms of does he have a future with the Bruins? Because Tuka's probably not playing next year for you guys.
0: Well, th- this is my beef, right? So on the development track, yeah. if Swayman left the University of Maine and then he went to Providence, and then he went to Boston. On a development standpoint, he's making a step forward every time. Yep, yep. Now you have brought him up to now bring him back down. And my issue is this. The AHL is a great developmental league to get to the next step. It has proven that Jeremy Swayman is an NHL-caliber goaltender. Now, when you're in every day and you're facing NHL competition in practice and in games – and then to go to the AHL level, I think it's good because Monday through or Tuesday through Thursday, so those three days can be very crucial as to extra time and things like that compared to an NHL schedule where the AHL is so compressed to the weekends that I think you can get a lot of development there. Okay, but now this is my problem. Tuka Rask comes back and if Tuka starts playing like Tuka, and now he is the clear cut number one above Allmark. I mean, next year, I mean, what's one more year at that point?
1: Yeah. Okay. So see, now like, I don't see the end game. Like, if Tuka comes back and plays well, and then he wants to continue playing, is Boston going to say no? And then they turn it back over to Swayman and Omar, who they've just shown they don't trust as a combination.
0: Exactly. So I don't like that part. And now th- this is the other part. So next year, say Swayman is back in the AHL again. Just Tuka came back the game of the year. Old Mark has a full no movement through this year and next year, so he's not going anywhere unless he decides to. So now, say Swayman is lights out in the AHL, but he's not coming up due to the other two are here on one ways. He's going to get traded. No. I think he's going to get RFA'd. I think they're going to put a price tag on him and someone's going to come and take him. Now, the other part of it is this after last night's game, uh, Linus Olmark, and this was signed, uh, this was very subtle, a lot of people didn't see this, so they had the camera going down the Bruins hallway right by the locker room, and after every game, Swayman and Olmark would always come out, and at the end of the line, they would have a huge hug for each other, like a very big, arms out, slap each other on the back type hug. Olmark did this in the hallway, right outside the Bruins locker room, to himself. Oh, because Swayman wasn't there. Correct. And now, to me, this was very visible right outside that locker room, right outside that coach's room. Do you think that's a big fuck you to Don Sweeney and the Bruins? Just saying, like, hey, this is my guy. We have been through this since the beginning of the year. For the beginning of the year, we thought it was us. Now you're bringing in the other guy, and now it's one of those things where it's like we bonded. We knew, like, we were picking each other up. We were 1A and 1B. We knew this team was only going to go as far as how good we were in net. And now he's gone. And now, if Tuca comes in and plays like Tuca, Omar's your fucking 1B. Your whole back end is now all fucked up. Because who's to say the playoffs come around if we're there? Who's starting? Tuca? I mean, if Tuca's playing like he did... Like, like that's the thing. And it's like, so you're now telling me your big free agent signee is now riding the pine. And then next year, if Tuca decides he's going to come back, we're going to have five million bucks on the bench. Like,
1: like, that's a fucking problem. That's the thing. So, two things here. I think taking the contracts out of the situation, I think Omar is actually a pretty good guy to have connected with Swayman because Omar's career has been a little up and down as well, too. Sometimes not through anything he's done. So I think he can probably relate to Swayman's situation in case Swayman is disappointed, bummed, upset, angry, and he confides in them. they can kind of relate. It's not like Omar came in, was a number one pick, was a franchise goaltender, never went up and down, never got passed over before. So he can kind of help out Swayman with the keeping a proper mindset there. The thing with Tuka is like you said, if he comes in and he plays well, right? I don't think I don't understand the roster and management that was done in the offseason. Because Agreed. This seems like it was always expected to happen.
0: Oh, correct. They, they, they've talked about this now for months. Oh, well, no. you know, Tuca's just starting to come back. You know, if he was rehabbing here, I, I understand that. But it's like, nope, he was the e bug for a game. And then even Don Sweeney had already talked. Well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start talking to Tuca soon about contracts. This was very. Th- this was on their radar the whole time. It's not like something just kind of happened and you're like hey, you know, Tuka's out there.
1: Yeah, and so that's the thing. If you knew all along that Tuca didn't want to come to camp, Tuga was going to come back at towards the end of the year, meaning 2021 and early 2022, then why give the five years to Allmark? You know what I mean? Like you could have just had Swayman and you could have signed somebody. Oh, no, it no. For- it's four years. Four years at five mil. Four, okay. I thought it was five and five. So even still, why give Omar that deal? That's money that could have been spent on the back end and then you could have just brought in a one one year stopgap, stopgap backup goaltender or have made a trade for somebody like that, the backup Swayman, who would have gotten clear-cut number one experience and then when Tuca came back, you can do whatever you want with the backup to Swayman and now it's Tuca and Swayman and Swayman's signed an EA and now you The resources you spent on
0: Olmark is playing in your top four or your top nine. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is the other thing, too, where uh, we had talked about the inconsistencies and how the schedule is kind of all over the place. So it was making it difficult for the goalies to find a rhythm. Well, in Olmark's last 11 games, these are his goals allowed. two, 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 (laughs) two, three, three, two, one, And he's won nine of the 11 games. Yeah, good thing you brought in another goalie. That's kind of the way I'm feeling. Like, I just, I just don't see where it gets us. And and the other part of it is, if Tuca comes and at the end of the season he he just says, "Okay, see you later," I just think it hinders Swayman's development. That's and that's my biggest thing. If he's the future, which John Sweeney said, you know, uh, he knows that he's you know the future goaltender here. Blah blah. blah. So you're already claiming all this stuff to Swayman then why the fuck is he going away? Yeah, I that guess. would
1: bug me if I was swimming I would take that as, you don't trust me. So then if Tuka decides to leave in the offseason and then Sweeney's up my ass again, I'd be like, you're only saying this because you need me now. If Tuka wanted to come back, he'd be here.
0: Oh, dude, I mean, like, uh, imagine being his agent right now because now you're in a spot where you kind of got to talk your guy off the ledge a little bit. And, like, I just... I wouldn't want to be there. I would not want to be in that spot to be like, "Hey, bud, you know it's all right. I know it sucks, but we're we're gonna try to move forward." But Steve. there's there's it's difficult to try to look at this a different way. That's all.
1: If you're all mark and Boston comes to you with the trade, would you take it?
0: Knowing that you can punch your ticket wherever you'd like, I think. That's the key. I mean, if Colorado's calling, if Edmonton's calling. Be- the, yeah, like, because
1: well, out of all the scenarios we discussed for the Bruins moving forward, not one of them was. Well, Allmark which just be the number one. It's either Tuga or Swayman. Correct. And so
0: in, in in the, the other. P- yeah, and I mean, th- this is the other part of it, too, right? So you have a complete no trade this year and next year, and then it goes to limited in year three and then the fourth year you just don't have one yeah so you you think by year four at the deadline you're at least probably gone at the deadline depending on what's happening with the team okay but now the other part of it is like like you said if someone calls but do you think people are going to take that cap hit though for the the whole contract that's what i don't know
1: i wouldn't i mean i know it's different scenarios free agency versus rfa but you look at can get yeah, basically the same deal and nobody's taking a mark over Shesterkin. yeah um or you can always also like cam talbot's always floating around like goaltenders of his ilk like there's no real shortage of like 1b type goaltenders that are would come in cheaper than five million dollars a year which is again another reason why that contract, even when it was signed, you and I were like, "That's co- like probably two million million dollars more expensive than it should have been." What yeah. it should have been. But if I'm another team, I don't want Omark. No offense, Like I, I think Omark as a goaltender is a quality one B. But if I'm an opposing GM right now, what do you want for Swayman? I'm not taking Omar off your hands. That's a situation you created on yourself. Um. I think that's why they wanted to back this soon because now it gives them almost, almost a month before the trade deadline to assess is to go back to where he was. And if so, are we comfortable bringing it back next year and then having an all markets back up and we can move Swayman for a young quality top four, top six.
0: And I, I just don't think if we're discussing the future, right? I just don't think that's the way to do it. Yeah. I don't
1: uh, put anything past Sweeney at this point because of how he fucked up this situation anyway.
0: Well, uh, that's true too. So I don't know. That's just my look on it. Um, Rest of the week in review, Brad Marchand is as hot as hot comes. And I'm talking about on the ice, not off. Uh, Got a schnoz busted the other night. Pretty good. Got Yeah. The hot mic I thought was hysterical for TNT, (laughs) but, um, no, I, I think he's playing really well. Like I said, beginning of the year, I, I think if you're looking at the Hart Trophy, you're looking at Brad Marchand. He is carrying this team right now. This team's only going as far as he's taking them. Um, as for everything else, I mean, uh, let's see how it goes. Like I said, right now we're hot. I just want to see how we can react to adversity. And it's nice to see that currently we have some secondary scoring with that second line. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a compliment right now to Charlie Coyle, which you probably don't expect. Um, Since he's gone back to that 3C role, he's played a lot better. And I think he's a 3C, not a 2C. That's been established. And I just wonder as to what exactly the Bruins have in mind for this deadline. And I know we're, what, a month and a week away or, uh, no, about, about two months away, month and a half. But it's like, what exactly, if the Bruins stay hot right now, now we're buying at the deadline. We're not selling. So now it's what are we going to do to make this team better? So we have to figure that out. Uh, Oscar Steen has come up, and I think this kid has
1: earned like his spot
0: team. on the team. He, he's played well. So I don't think you can send him down. There's still that Jake DeBrust thing floating around as to requested a trade. We still have him. He just got back off a of COVID protocol. Um, are we waiting to kind of see what he has? I just don't think
1: much interest.
0: I agree. I don't. Um, I saw that we were connected to both Lawson Krause and Max Domi. Dude, I so, love Krause. I, I do too, and he goes this year into being an RFA. So at least if you trade for him, you're at least going to get arbitration rights with him, so, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see exactly what happens. But I just think if they stay hot right now, you have to – go through this lineup and seriously assess as to what are tradable pieces, what you are keeping. And I mean, we need to add on defense and I know right now the second line's working out, but Eric Hall is not a two C. So so we would have to try to find a second line center. Um,
1: the one comment I have, I watched the game last night. I know I've always had my complaints around when there's a big hit that's clean, Guys having to jump that guy, I'm like, a hit's a hit. Like, is hitting not allowed anymore? But I still put some stock into the individual player reaction. Like, I don't want them to jump the guy, but I want some type of reaction out of it. And last night when Grizzlik was hit by, uh, uh what's his uh, name? Dauphine. Yeah, on Montreal. That's your defense partner. And I played defense my entire life. Even if you're not going to jump the guy, even if it was a clean hit, you got to respond in some way. And McAvoy just kind of gave him a stern. Oh, look.
0: oh, sorry, I I called the wrong hit because Grizzlick was the guy who got hit on the other one by Delphine. That was um, Mansetti, City. I don't know. He has a big oh, kind yeah, he of got lettuce
1: like on a wrecked him. by Ryan Reeves. Yeah, yeah, the the big guy. Yeah, and McAvoy just gave him a stern look, and then at, from behind, the that Bertrand comes out and jumps the guy uh, and pulls him down to the ice. Yeah, I just, I'm sorry. Kinda, I just in not like. McAvoy's reaction to like I know he's not a fighter I know he's not going to drop the gloves and square up I know not every hit deserves a response like that but just barely react at all when defense partner gets
0: hit heavy like that
1: just kind of irked me
0: now one question I have about the game tonight I couldn't tell because when ESPN and TNT have the games, they only bring you right down at puck drop, so you don't know if there's a pregame ceremony or you don't get to hear the anthem, which I think is bullshit. But um, you surprised that they didn't do anything pregame for Jimmy Hayes with Kevin playing up? I feel like, what, in Boston? In Boston. I mean, I Jimmy Hayes like played, played in Boston. It. Kevin's from Boston. Kind of first game back. You think there'd be just a little thing just to kind of Go, you know, I don't, I don't know, a sticker on the helmet, just something. But I feel like early in the year, the Bruins did something for a Jimmy, right? Correct. But I'm just saying, with the brother now playing here for the first game, I mean, both no Dorchester offense. kids. Yeah. I mean, no
1: offense, if I was, if that was my brother, like I don't want to hear about it. You I
0: know? guess, but I mean, like they, they showed the pictures of the nephew was there with Kevin earlier today, like big smile on the face. You know, you know, the nephews there tonight, the kids are there. It's like. You know, maybe just a nice gesture.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. If it was all based on Kevin Hayes, if I was Kevin, I'd be like, I don't want to have to see or be reminded of it every time I go into to an away game.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, just, just
1: one. Yeah. Um. By the way, you mentioned a pregame. What have you th- thought so far on ESPN and TNT? Like with the game presentation and the... the uh? Ca- like the play-by-play, the analysis, things like that?
0: Uh, sometimes I think they just have some crazy fucking angles. Like, <laughs> you'll be watching the play, and they kind of zoom out to this above overhead thing, and you're kind of yeah. like, uh, you're like, all right, I guess. Um, I think that some of the people do a really good job at announcing a game. Like, I'll give it to her. AJ Malesko, I think, does a great job for uh, color commentary. I-, I think she does good. Um, the guy who's announcing tonight, I wish I remembered his name. I think he has a good voice for it, but I think his descriptions are a little off, just kind of funky. Is it, um, it what was it? Is it McDonough? No, not McDonough. I love Sean McDonough. Okay. Uh, I, I forgot what the Kevin, no, no, that's a different guy. Um, no, I, I love Boucher. I, I thought Boucher's has always been good. I think... With the TNT Roundtable, they're doing stuff for views, and I understand that, but they're getting extremely desperate with the stuff that they're shooting for out of Paul Bissonnette. It seems like it's constantly shooting for something out of him. Yeah. And I mean, like, hey, no disrespect to Biz. He's doing it. He's doing it good. He's making a whole bunch of money. Great for him. But uh, I just feel like TNT is relying on them too much. I think they need a little bit more in-depth analysis, and I feel like they kind of fall off the wagon a little bit. I think Talkett does a good job. I've always thought Anson has been okay. I, I think he's okay. I don't I think-,
1: think he used to be on MSG all the time with the Rangers. I had- I see no appeal to the analysis he brings.
0: See, I, I think they need the A-team back. Uh, they need Jonesy back a lot more. I- I've always loved Jonesy. Um I hate Ooh, to say Mill- it, <laughs> no, I, I hate to say it, and I don't want it to sound sexist or anything else. But but they need something to look at, and I, I think they need to bring back Catherine Tappen. I mean, but like Michael Paul and will be all on board with that, dude. I love Tap, I do. Um, but legit, like she was legitimately the best, the best in the game. They did have uh, Jackie Redmond doing ringside last night, and I love Jackie. I love all the stuff she does on NHL Network. I would also have Linda Cohn be, like, the studio host. Well, well that's the other thing, too. I feel like it went back to ESPN, and I feel like Cohn kind of got shafted a little bit. Like, yeah, they talk yeah. about her a lot and stuff like that, like in Linda Cohn, but you don't really see her too much.
1: Yeah, um, she's a Rangers fan.
0: Yeah, I, I think you need a little bit more Bucci. I, I think Bucci needs to do a couple more games. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it could be better. It just... Some of the stuff's just funky. Uh, I yeah. mean, r- random sure. question, just throwing it out. Do you think, um, just for old time's sake, you get one game with Gary Thorne and Bill Clement? They, they asked ESPN about this all the time, and
1: the guy who's in charge of ESPN said, we want to grow the sport for the
0: future and not focus on the past. Yet again, that's fine, but like... If you're growing it for the future, I think you need more John Butchergrass. Then, where he's talking about chicken parm and a saucy dish, <laughs> but you, but you got like some of these guys who were like, "And pass," and he went from below the red line and he comes over. Like, yeah, I, I love Kenny Albert. I, I think Kenny does a good job. Um, I, I just think that they need more top tier guys like Sean McDonough, Butchie, Kenny Albert. Uh, they need Edzo back, and and I, yeah. I it might be a, it might be a contract thing with NBC Sports, maybe. So maybe that's why they're not I've able to written, get him. Really miss Eddie O. I miss Eddie O. Um, yeah, I just it, it just needs to be a little bit better. That, that's all. I, the I, better yeah, voices.
1: I think it was the first year, and it threw, threw a lot of shit out there just to see what would stick. Um, so I'm expecting year two to be much better for both ESPN and TNT. The one guy I I would recommend and I know this is another Ranger-centered suggestion, Stephen Valaket. The analysis, like, he created, his, like, seven individual new stats out of thin air that are now officially kept out of NHL. Like, he just made them up.
0: Um <laughs> Doing pretty good if you're just making shit up and it's sticking, you know. Yeah, you
1: know, and the analysis of the lives especially on the goaltending side of things, is incredible. And he exclusively does ranger broadcasts, he's in a studio, and every intermission, like I I watch the intermissions for Valiquette, and that's on a local TV broadcast. Um, so I think he's a star in a making what probably as a studio guy. Um, or even like between the glass type setup, so that would be my one suggestion. Who if, who's your TV guy?
0: What's his name? Sam Rosen. I love Sam Rosen's voice.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think mean, Sam I Rosen that, can call that
0: voice. Yeah, yeah, like Sam Rosen can call a game. Um, it's
1: funny. It's great listening. Like it's him and Micheletti um, on the broadcast for MSG, and Sam was with JD for so long, and then now he's been with Micheletti for probably a decade now. There's obviously in like the right situations, they focus on a game. Like, you can tell like the quality is there at all times. But there'll be games like tonight they're playing San Jose and San Jose. The Sharks aren't doing that great. It'll be like in the middle of the second period, and then they'll just start talking about uh Panarin's leg kick or Igor's dance moves, or so like talking about Mika's hair and they'll come like Sam Rosen who's Basically, ball like I I rub his hair all the time, hoping something will fall off onto me. Like, and it's just in the flow of the game. It's almost like listening to Phil Rizzuto back in the day on a Yankees broadcast, where it's just he can talk about everything but the game, but it somehow fits into the game broadcast. So like, I love listening to those guys.
0: Know who else is another great game too? Uh, the Bruins old radio guy who now does TV in Vegas, uh, Dave Gosher. Gosh calls a great game. Know who's overrated? Uh Forsling
1: Forsling who's he for he was he used to be or he still is for Carolina and
0: now he does uh, ESPN I, I mean I probably heard him but I mean if it doesn't <laughs> ring a bell or I'm not registering it then it probably wasn't you, that good so yeah
1: his voice very easily he's a he, his voice is fine but he's the guy whenever the first goal a game is scored and Marshan breaks the ice and should, oh, yeah, no, at oh, no, no. Out, out. Fucking hate that. Um. Anyway, not to go off on a rant about broadcasting. I'll make the Rangers we can review pretty quick. Um, You know, we're kind of keeping our head above water here. A couple of our guys are out with injuries and COVID protocol. Igor has been out again for COVID. Panarin was out for a few games. Lingren was out for a few games. Lafreniere is out starting tonight. Hunt's injured, Reeves is in protocol, Lance in protocol, Um, who else am I missing here, Uh, Gauthier is in protocol, even though he can't score to save his life, Rooney was in protocol, so just kind of keeping a head above water, since our seven game winning streak, we're 6-6-1, we've been on a West Coast road trip, we started off... With a loss against Vegas, then we lost to Anaheim, then we lost to L.A. We're playing San Jose tonight, so hopefully we get a win there. But we've scored four go- uh, seven goals in four games. Uh, so the offense has dried up really quick. Basically, once Kreider stopped scoring at the clip he was and Panarin was out, we had nothing going. Um, and that's the biggest problem area for us going into the deadline. Like you mentioned, the 2C, we don't need a second-line center, but we basically need two more top nine forwards. Uh, we need somebody. Kako is going to play one of the right wings in the top six, even though he has two goals in 19 games. Both were in the same game. Um, we just need another top six either. That's Riley Smith out of Vegas, whoever. And then we need another top nine guy. I'm still not sure if Philip Pito is a center or a winger. Um... So, ideally, we would get somebody who can play center or wing, maybe Croak out of Seattle. Uh, pair him if he don't allow for a Yarn the third line. Hopefully, they get something going there. And then you can finally slide Goodrow to the fourth line with Rooney and Barron or Reeves. And then you start looking at your four lines, much more solid and, in, and uh, much better depth. Uh, the other big thing with the Rangers is they sent Niels Lundqvist, down to Harford. Um, he just wasn't getting consist a consistent nice time under Gallant. Uh, he would play for three or four games and sit for two games. Then he would come back into the lineup and only play like 10, and 11 minutes that night. So, just for his development, they sent, sent him to Harford where he's going to get uh, top pair of minutes. He's going to get first power play minutes um, and just kind of get his game back on track because the Wolfpack played the exact same system as Gallant's. So, Needs you easy t- transition. Um, so to replace him in a the lineup, they called up their 2020 first round pick, Braden Schneider, who rave reviews coming out of his junior days and then to start his pro career down in Hartford. Um, so he's going to get a shot on a third pair tonight, which is the other Rangers' weakness heading into the deadline is that third pair. Uh, we've had Patrick Nemeth and Lundqvist. We've had Lundqvist and Tenorti. We had Tenordi and Namath. We've had Namath, uh, Jones and Lundquist. We've had every possible scenario you can think of. All of them have not been good. So the hope is probably Schneider takes one of those to roll, uh, two spots and runs with it, and then they just need to backfill the other one. Most likely, we'll probably have to make two moves. Um, so playing San Jose tonight, we have one more game on the road, then the road trip. We're playing Philly on Saturday, and then we have a few days off before coming home to play Toronto. So hopefully by that game against Toronto, the boys get healthy again and start turning some things around. But it's very clear as we enter late January what the Rangers' needs are. Uh, two top-line forwards and at least one third-pair defenseman um, and kind of take it from there.
0: So slow and steady win in the race.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I've been saying all year, it's just a different mindset around the team. Like we're struggling, but we're still keeping our head above water. Like I feel like with everything that's been gone on, the Rangers could have easily instead of being six, six and one, it could be one and ten, two and eight. Um, so the fact that we're still we're not playing as well as we were, but we're not hurt we're not really hurting ourselves in a standing. So we're we're still one or two points out of first in the division. Uh, that's going to go a long way once everybody's back healthy and probably once we make a few additions at the deadline where if we start making a run for it after that, we're in a position to win a division instead of just trying to compete for a wild card spot.
0: All right. I I do have one question for you. You brought up Seattle and Yarncroak, and with the season that they had, I mean, do you think at the deadline – I understand that they have just come in as an expansion team, but do you see a lot of movement coming out of there with Ron Francis? I would hope so. Like, that's the thing that
1: he, people because, keep saying he messed up at was the lack of movement before the expansion draft.
0: Well, uh, well like, my biggest thing is, like, he's going to need bodies in return. You know, it's not like yeah. he can just say pick, pick, pick. He needs actual either A, people that want to sign there, or B, Bodies in return to at least have a lineup for the rest of this year and in starting next year.
1: Yeah, like he's not going to be trading. I mean, they have the worst prospect pool in the league, which obviously is going to happen when you're an expansion team, but he's not going to trade guys for prospects and juniors. He's, if he's trading for prospects, it's going to be guys that are on a cusp that just haven't been able to crack a lineup for a team or young guys that are in a lineup for a team already in the league. It's not going to be seventeen uh eighteen year old prospects getting traded to Seattle. It's gonna be near NHL ready or NHL ready guys. I mean if you're looking at the Rangers, again, if you look if Seattle's looking for cheap young players who might just need to change the scenery and an opportunity, we have Julian Gauthier that could be available. We have some of our young defensemen that could be available. I'm not saying that's fair value for young uh, Yonkrok, but that's the type of guys who feel like Seattle's going to be targeting because like you said, they need to feel the roster and they can't just sell Giordano, Yonkro, Blackwell, all these guys and then just have nobody.
0: Yeah, they they need they
1: do need a lineup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, if you're looking at their roster, they can't really sacrifice too much of the fellow group because that was a weak spot to begin with. So it's really going to be on D. Uh, there's been some rumors about Giordano going back to Calgary. Um which I don't, if I'm Calgary, I'm not sure I, you necessarily need that, but I think they're going to be the easiest to deal with. I just don't think they're going to be making more than like three deals. It's going to be like one or two guys going off the roster. And then Francis is going to be active over the summer in terms of free agency. All
0: right. That's fair. No, that, that was just my question with them when you brought him up. Cause it was like, ah, I think it's the best and worst of both worlds for them. Yeah.
1: Um, so now, that's all I have for the Rangers. Uh, I am a little worried about Igor, though. I mean, I know this last Take time... Taking too much of a load? Just load management? <laughs> no, I mean... This time it was COVID, but he just seems, like, a little injury-prone. And I'm, I'm very much used to Hank basically playing, like, 70 games a fucking year and never being hurt and playing every playoff game. And now going to Igor, who's like... I tweaked my my knee. I'm out for two weeks. (laughs) And it's just like, okay. Um, I see what's going on here. Yeah, it's a very humbling experience to go from a guy who would basically light himself on fire to win a game in a preseason to a guy who's like, I'm not playing unless I'm completely healthy.
0: Now, who do you have for game of the week and lock of the week?
1: So I've been going back and forth on this for a little bit. I... I need this, I want to see your game of the week pick. Not lock of the week, because I know you went first last week there. I want to see your game of the week pick, because last week there were like six options that we could have chosen from. And I want to see if you can actually nail down one before I give you mine so I don't repeat you.
0: Okay, well, I have two, so that's probably going to screw you. <laughs> but uh, Saturday, January 15th, 1 o'clock, Nashville at Boston. You have two teams that are very hot right now. So I think that's going to be a little bit of a chess match. And the other game I have is on Monday, uh, Minnesota at Colorado.
1: Okay. And, you know, you're kind of cheating a little bit. Monday is next week. Um, oh, all right.
0: Then the, the Saturday <laughs> one will suffice.
1: Um, all right. My game of the week has nothing to do with the on-ice matchup. Uh, it's not gonna be. It's going to be a very one-sided game. But I'm going Colorado on a road against Arizona simply because it's a mashup of two of the best jerseys in the sport. That's fair. Hey, I'm all right with that. <laughs> there, there's a reason. I'm cool with it. My lock of the week, I am going to go Vancouver over Carolina on Saturday, January 15th.
0: All right. I am going Saturday the 15th, Toronto at St. Louis, going with Toronto. Oof. I like the risk there. We're both going for a long shot. Not yeah, exactly. Of like
1: it's fifty-fifty.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a walk in the park.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. I like that. We're not. We're, I'm glad we're going to do like Detroit over Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Even then, I think that one's a little iffy too. <laughs> Florida over Columbus would have been yeah. a little bit better. Um. Pretty happy shout outs this week. Shout outs this week. Um. I'm going with the Strat Daddy. I am going with him Saturday to that Bruins-Nashville game. So that'll be good. Hopefully we'll get to see the lawman maybe in warm-ups, the sexiest video man in the, all the league. And, um, yeah, that, that's who I got.
1: I'm going to give a shout-out. One is hockey-related. I'm um, giving a shout-out to— and
0: Saldy had another baby.
1: Ah, Jesus No, all right. Proceed. I don't I don't think so. At least it hasn't been announced yet. You know, you know he'll announce it like as Renee's pushing it out of her. <laughs> yeah. Three uh, months after, no one <laughs> even knew. Um the news today, just uh Bowen Byron with delinquent concussion issues. Uh young promising defenseman. I would hate to see his injury, his career kinda of derailed by concussion issues. I know Colorado already traded one of the young defensemen who's had a similar history of Connor Timmons. Um, but Byron was really solidifying their top four. And I just love the way he plays the game. I watch a lot of avalanche games after Ranger games at night. So hopefully his issues clear up and he gets back. Um, and my other shout out, my brother up in Westchester, he's a, uh, he lived in Florida for geez, almost 15 Ever. years. Yeah. Um, so he's a NASCAR guy and a golf guy, so I think you'll get along uh on a golf course. He ended up buying tickets to three NASCAR races this summer. Uh one in the Poconos, one at Watkins Glen in upstate New York, and one in New Hampshire the loudon race. Show. Oh, are you
0: are you going to Loudon?
1: Yeah, so he bought... Oh,
0: dude, I will meet you there. It's an absolute fucking shit show. It's yeah, he incredible.
1: Him and me tickets to all three races, and basically he's treating it as a weekend for all three. So we're going to be going to the Poconos, Watkins Glen, and Loudoun, uh, leaving Friday, going for the Saturday uh, festivities, and then the races on Sunday, and then heading home. So shout out to him. I'm not a huge NASCAR guy, but... In person, I went to the Daytona 500 at one time, and in person, it's incredible.
0: Dude, let me just tell you this because it, like, we went to Loudon one year. I have never, and I state never in my life, we were in the infield partying like rock stars in the fucking trailer. (laughs) Now, at night, the place is alive because people are there for all three days. Yeah. Like, like, it's a party, and I mean it. So these fucking guys go there. I never saw in my life till that night, a guy was walking around with a self-administered, self-administered Jack Daniels IV in his arm. Are you serious? Dude, swear to God, redneck ingenuity at its finest. Death at its finest. <laughs> uh, dude, like it, it is like that is America. Yeah. So if you're
1: around, I I think it's uh. Late August is that race. Um,
0: uh, I would have to check. Let me see. Uh, that one says Sunday, July 17th. Okay.
1: So then a Watkins Glen one is in August. Oh, well, boy. Giddy up.
0: Oh, fucking let's go.
1: Was it? Uh, boogity, boogity, boogity.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just got to check to see whichever week we're going away for our uh, weekly summer vacation. But if we ain't going that week, I w- I'll see you there, pal. All
1: right. And my last shout out. Uh, This is occurring in April, but my friend from San Francisco, Karin, uh, he decided to announce in December that he was getting married. I didn't even know he was dating anybody. Uh, (laughs) Well, good for him. (laughs) um, So again, guy friendships in a nutshell, Um, but he's been traveling around a lot the last year or two, like he still has a home base in San Francisco, but he has family in Dubai and India. He's been in Singapore for months at a time. So I haven't seen him in a bit, but he, uh, he messaged me and a first lady saying, Hey, I'm getting married in April in India with a reception the day after in Dubai. If you guys can make it out and we are going out. So
0: wait, so wedding in India, then reception in Dubai.
1: Yeah. So it's a wedding at a palace that's been rented out by, the family so it's like free lodging at this palace in uh near delhi india that's on the night that's on the 20th of april and then checkouts the 21st and then on the 23rd in dubai is a reception um so then we're flying from india to dubai spending a few days in dubai before flying home
0: that's awesome so i do know from uh just knowledge and, and knowing of Indian people. So their weddings are very interesting because <laughs> it's, it's it? It, well, it's basically a three-day wedding. Yep. So one day is basically you have your own things to do within the temple or something like that. the The next day is basically you with your in-laws doing like getting their blessings or whatever. And then like the final day is the wedding. Yeah. So so it's basically a whole three day ceremony for everything to kind of transpire, which, in essence, is cool. But at the other time too, it's kind of like I'm just trying to get married. Like yeah, you know, like we could like we could just get to that part. Yeah. I mean, we
1: arrive on the 18th, and then from then it's the 19th, 20th, and 21st that everybody's at that palace, um, which has jacuzzis, massage rooms, tennis courts. Uh, like all this stuff so as they're doing pre-wedding traditional festivities I'm just gonna be kind of lounging around in like a Ralph uh, Polo Loren commercial
0: (laughs) Um, Uh, and don't think when you come back I'm calling you sir either that ain't fucking happening I'm gonna be knighted by the time I come back Uh, well yeah Uh, when is this April
1: yeah so flying out the 17th of April coming back the following Sunday so it's just a week but it's gonna be a lot of
0: Going here, there, everywhere in a week. Going to have to find a co-host for the week. They, thank God it's before playoffs, but I mean, now you put Something a whole bunch of pressure there. on me.
1: I should I should record from the palace or like somewhere in Dubai, like the top of uh. Oh, Dubai. dude, Dubai would be dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, so shout out to Karin, uh the first one out of the San Francisco group to uh, get engaged.
0: Well, I'd shout you out, Karn, but I didn't get invited, so you enjoy your palace all to yourself, pal. <laughs> Uh but yeah, that's all I got. Well, c- congrats to Karn and, uh, well, I mean, it sounds, sounds pretty good. Life's good for him, apparently, but, uh, yeah, no, um, everybody, thank you as always. Uh, next week, we hope to continue on with this very hot Bruins talk. We're, we're hoping it stays going that way. And as for everybody else, thank you so much for listening. hopefully ben's rangers can come back as well because i you know i know how benny loves them i know it makes uh his weekend review a lot better when they're winning Maybe and uh back. baby come back and uh we will talk to all you guys then so thank you guys so much bye bye